This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, October 8, 2009. I'm Caleb Brown. The Congressional Budget Office is out with numbers on the cost of the Max Baucus version of Obamacare, and it's just under budget. But you have to make a few assumptions to make the math work. Mike Tanner, senior fellow at the Cato Institute and co-author of the book Healthy Competition, takes a look at a few of those assumptions. The Congressional Budget Office has sort of become the official arbiter of how much things cost in Washington. And the president has laid down a couple of benchmarks. He has said that he wants a health care bill that costs in the area of $900 billion over 10 years and that uh, doesn't add a, quote, dime to the uh, budget deficit now or in the future. Uh, so everybody is trying to fit their health care bill into those provisions according to a Congressional Budget Office score. Often they end up having to sort of twist themselves into a pretzel in order to do that. What are some of the tricks, I guess, that are involved in trying to get a good score uh, while being somewhat misleading about uh, the actual cost? Take one example. The Congressional Budget Office looks at a 10-year budget window. That means they start next year in 2010, and they look 10 years out until 2019. And when they say something like the House bill costs $1.3 trillion over 10 years, that's the period they're talking about. Yet those bills don't actually go into effect until about 2014. And then they ramp up very slowly. The first year of the House bill only costs about $6 billion. So what you're actually getting is five or six years of a bill being in existence and calling it a 10-year cost. That's a little bit misleading. What about the savings that are projected to be derived from various sources? Well, in some cases, they just leave out costs altogether. Uh, For example, in the Senate Finance Committee bill, one of the ways that they got that down to costing only $900 billion over 10 years was to assume that an automatic 21% reduction across the board in Medicare reimbursements would take place. Now, that cut is not part of the actual bill. It's something that's under current law, but every year Congress postpones it because they know how devastating a 21% reduction in reimbursement rates would be to the program. So they just sort of make the magic assumption that that's going to take place, and that saves them a couple of hundred billion dollars uh, right off the top. Uh, In addition to that, they all assume that there's going to be savings from more preventive care or from electronic medical records or things like that. Uh, There's just no evidence in the academic literature that you're going to get widespread savings from those procedures. Some, but nowhere near the, uh, the type of money they need to pay for this bill. There's something else that probably isn't captured by a CBO estimate of cost, and that is just where have we ever seen a Congress able to make those kind of cuts before? And for programs like Medicare and Medicaid and other uh, other types of programs of that nature, uh, those programs have grown dramatically over and above what their original projections actually were. Well, that's right. Uh, none of these health care bills have ever come in even close to the costs that were originally projected. And in fact, if you look at outside projections, even by groups like the Urban Institute, they suggest the costs could be double what the Congressional Budget Office is projecting. Uh, in addition to that, what you have already, uh, you're already seeing in these bills is the special interests beginning to stake out and protect their turf. 
You're already seeing uh, Harry Reid, for example, make special provisions for hospitals in Nevada to receive extra reimbursements. You're seeing that industry groups that are well-connected to various senators on the Senate Finance Committee getting special breaks here and there. So the cost of the bill is beginning to ratchet upwards, uh, even as we're told how hard they're working to cut it back. President Obama recently met with a group of doctors, and his uh, statement in getting ready to meet with these doctors was, these are the people who know how the healthcare system uh, works. And I thought, well, to a limited extent, that is, that's certainly true. They, they know about treating patients. They know about the things that inconvenience them. But the flip side is they are one of those interest groups that you were just talking about. They have a very strong interest in preventing uh, certain changes from being made to the healthcare system that would cost them money. Well, and in effect, uh, the doctors groups, the AMA in particular, has been brought on board by the promise of more money. Under current law, there's something called the sustainable growth rate, which would amount to a 21% across-the-board cut in reimbursement to providers under Medicare. It's supposed to go into effect next year. In fact, it's been supposed to go into effect every year since about 2001, and Congress continues to postpone it. Uh, the, The AMA's price of admission, if you will, the price of endorsing the Obamacare proposal was that they would fix this uh, supposed cut, eliminate it across the board. The House bill does that, which is why it costs so much. Uh, The Senate Finance Committee bill does not uh, include this fix, which is why the AMA has not endorsed the Senate Finance Committee bill. And ultimately, Congress is going to have to come up with that money to fix it. Mike Tanner is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute and co-author of the book Healthy Competition. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.